It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to be here, eh? I just, I, I am excited today. I just, the worship, Jared was awesome. And there was something in the place. I, I think it doesn't matter. If you're here today, I just sense there's something significant. And today's word is more of a prophetic word to me than just a good word. Um, I hope it's a good word. But I, I just close your eyes for a moment. Would you just close your eyes? Because in that song, that reckless love, he chases me. Jared brought that up, and I just and it's really sense there's a there's a picture there, and I don't know where you're at right now, but you know the spirit of God has been roaming the world, looking for you, looking for me, to give us the greatest gift of all, that gift of love, that gift of acceptance that gift of oneness with God, that gift that we desperately need and the only thing in the world of creation that wasn't good was that you were alone and yet the Spirit of God has been chasing you to wrap his arms around you. Right now, I just sense there's someone in this place where God would say, I've been chasing you. Stop. Embrace it because he wants to give you everything everything that you were created for. God, as I speak today, Holy Spirit, would you move in power? Would you take, would you just say the things that you want to say, not the words I want to say, but by your Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to be here and, and I'm excited. I'm excited. As you know, I've been, um, been working for Adult Teen Challenge for a little while now and uh, and I just love seeing what God does. In, the gospel is really true. When it takes somebody who's broken, who's wrecked with drugs and alcohol, has destroyed his whole world, and then you see the Spirit of God come upon them and their eyes light up. Let me tell you, the gospel is real. And it works. And the, and the gift of God of transformation works. And he wants it to work in us every day, but he wants us to work through us. So today I want to talk to you about just a simple word, brave. Yeah, I'm so glad, right, I'm so glad that I've graduated out of this season that a lot of parents find themselves in. This season where you're ready to take the kids to school for the first time. High school, primary school, kindergarten, and they're ready to go. And we get them ready with oversized trousers and dresses because you want it to last the whole year and shoes that don't really fit because they're going to last out the whole year. And we get them all ready. And, and the parents, they're at home and, and we've got to try and convince our kids to go to this scary thing called school. And there's a couple of things we could do, right? We could try the gentle touch, right? 
well, come on, he's going to be great. There's going to be lots of nice kids there. Or we could do the, I'm not listening, you're just going, you're just going. Or we could do the McGowan look, right? We're going to stay there, we're going to close the borders, and we're going to lock you in, right? We can do either way. But I want to suggest to you that parents are getting ready, and, and they get their kids ready. And they're going to school and little Johnny or little Jenny and they're hanging on to mummy or daddy's hand really tight. We're really mummy or daddy hanging on to their hand really tight because they're scared to. And they turn up at this thing called education. And we walk in. And what's going through the, the, the head of the parents is, I hope they don't embarrass me. I hope the child actually doesn't cry or do something like that because then everyone's going to see what sort of parent I really am. Or please don't hang on to my leg too much. You know, I always walk like this. It's okay. And, and we get to the classroom and the child's ready to go in and we're praying, God, may they be happy. And, and so they, they, we sit down with them. We come right down close and we grab them by the arms and we look into their eyes and we say, now, be brave. As if these magic words are suddenly going to turn our kids into superheroes. The cape shoots out of their back. The undies come on the outside. The fist goes in and says, I'm going to conquer education. It doesn't happen. <laughs> I want to suggest to you that the words be brave and that God is calling the bravery out of us is important for the church today to stand up and be brave. You know, we've been going through this series called, or you have been going through the series called The Warrior. The Warrior. Great series. And with The Warrior, you've been told about courage, right? Mark did a great talk about courage and looking at Joshua, be bold and courageous. And we talked about courage. And then you've learned about, about preparation, right? Preparation, be prepared, make sure you've got everything ready. And then you were told to, you were educated and you were told and you were taught by Mark the other week about perseverance. You've got to push through. You've got to persevere. Well, let me tell you, all that stuff is great. But now's the day to be brave and to do it. You see, it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to do it. I looked at I said, oh, thanks, Mark. You've given me bravery. What's the difference between bravery and courage? I mean, it sounds like the same to me. But I looked it up. And I found that courage is something that you have. Courage is something that's internal. Courage is something that you think in your head. Courage is a feeling, right? Bravery is the doing. You see, you can have all the courage in the world. You can have all the preparation. You can have all the perseverance. But unless you do it, you're only timid. Bravery means we've got to rise up and do it. Scripture says very clearly, don't just be hearers of the words, but be doers of the word. It says faith without works, faith without the doing is dead. Courage, perseverance, preparation without the bravery is dead. And I sense today God is calling his church to go, there's a warrior spirit inside you. There's a warrior inside you and I want to call the warrior out.
I want to call the warrior out. You see, when we step into a place of bravery, we step into the place where only God can do stuff. When we step into the place of outside of the things I can do, into the scary places, the bravery places, the classroom, which I'm not used to, when I step into that, I give room for God to be God. I get room for the miracles to happen. But I won't see it while I'm staying in my safe place. And can I just say that I'm concerned over the, over the years, probably 20, 30 years, we've turned church into an observer's sport rather than as a participants in the gospel. See, I'm not asking you to be brave to do stuff for church. I'm, I think the Spirit of God is calling us to stand up and be brave in society and to stand up and to take the good news and to take the gospel into a world that desperately needs the gospel. I lost it. I love that story of uh, Timothy and Paul. Paul, the great apostle, he comes to Timothy as apprentice and he says, Timothy, I've got some words to say to you. This is what I want you to do. And he starts giving him a bit of a pep talk. And he comes to 2 Timothy 1 and he says this, Therefore, I remind you, stir, stir, stir it up. Get it operational. Get it, it's settling on the bottom. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. In some translations, it says a spirit of timidity. I didn't give you that spirit, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You see, the gift of God is the Holy Spirit, right? That's the gift. How much more the Father would give you good gifts would I not give you the Holy Spirit? The gift of God is a warrior spirit. The gift of God. See, Timothy, Paul earlier on says, come on guys, put on those big, those big boy pants. I want you to tell you, this is the armour you're going to wear because we're going into battle. Church, we need to understand there's a warrior spirit inside us that's wanting to come out. And Paul's saying, stir it up. Stir up that gift that's inside you. Stand up for the things of the gospel. Uh, do, do you know the movie Cool Runnings? I love Cool Runnings. Anyone know Cool Runnings? Hey, are you a dead man? I love it, right? And, and it's the story of the Jamaican, the first Jamaican bobsled team, right? And uh, it's the best movie in the world. I, I laugh so much. You, you have to let your kids watch because it's kind of cool. So, cool, cool runnings. And there they are. And there's Junior. You may remember little Junior. He is the son of a very wealthy, um, self-made businessman. And Junior never really lives up to the expectations of his dad, who expects him to be, you know, the, his, his, uh, um, he's going to take over the business. And he says... So he's not very happy with young Junior. So Junior is quite introverted, quite nervous, short, but lots of money behind him. And then, not only is there Junior, but the other one is Brenner. Yo, Brenner, he's a big, the 
big um, Jamaican fella, right? He's tough and he's, he's just there because he's actually running from trouble. But he's there and he's a big fella. And there they are and the scene is they're about to have the race and they go to the pub and at the pub they're having this meal and the Swiss team who are giving them a hard time starts to really give Junior a really, starts really putting him down. Well, Brenner gets upset about this and Brenner grabs Junior, takes him out to the men's room, stands him in front of the mirror. And, and as he stands, puts Junior in front of the mirror and Brenner's standing behind him and he says... Junior, what do you see? He says, well, I see Junior. I see this. He says, no, no, what do you see? He says, what do you see? He says, I see. <laughs> I love this. Eh? <laughs> he says, I see pride. I see power. I see a bad mother <laughs> that won't take rubbish from anyone, right? And he starts pumping his into him. And Junior starts looking in the mirror. He says, I see pride. I see power. I see the rest of it. And, and he starts talking himself up till he walks out on the toilet. I see pride. I see power. And he goes out and he stands in front of the Swiss guys. And he starts as a big, bold man to start talking it up. And, and Brenner's getting worried now. He goes, oh my goodness, I've let, out a, I've let something out of the door. And, and they end up having a big punch up. All right, it's a big stir. But they thought that was pretty cool. But you see, I think sometimes God wants to put us in front of the mirror. He says, what do you see? Oh, I see Steve. I see Steve that's not that, hasn't, didn't really do well at school. I see Steve that's tri- tripped over everything all the time. I see Steve that, and he says, no, I see something different. I see a warrior spirit inside you. I see someone strong and bold because the Holy Spirit's inside you. I see something bigger than that. And he wants us to stand up and to go into the world, not with little junior, but someone who's proud of who he is in Jesus, who is strong and is going to stand up because the world needs us to stand up. You see, God is right now saying it's time. Many years ago, in about 1700s, there was a group of people that were called the one-way missionaries. And they were called one-way missionaries because they would leave the shores of England and America, but mostly England, ready to go out into the world, into countries which didn't know Jesus, countries that were struggling And they would pack their stuff up in a coffin, expecting not to come home. That all their belongings went into a coffin and they took it over. And there was one particular guy, his name was Miller, and he went to New Hebrides. And he went over there. Now, New Hebrides at the time, no missionaries have ever ever returned. They were usually, because there was headhunters, cannibals, and uh, he went over there with one purpose, to tell him about Jesus. He went over there, he stayed there for 35 years and ended up dying of old age. And on his tombstone, the local people put on his tombstone, he came when there was darkness and he's left now that there's light. You see, I think there's a new call to the church for us to rise up 
to call out the warrior spirit, to stop talking just about courage and stop talking just about perseverance and preparation. Now's the time to do it. To actually say, God, what are you calling me to do? But I'm too old. I should be looking at retirement now. Uh uh, I got something new for you to do because there's a warrior spirit inside. I love this church. I love the worship. This worship is absolutely amazing. I love the worship today. Uh, it was brilliant. But I just sense that God is going, but it's got to be more than that. God's called this group of people together with a warrior spirit inside it to make a difference. See, a brave move makes room for a God-empowered move. A brave move makes room for God to do his move. A brave move to step out means that God can do what he wants to do. Let me take you to a story. A story that I think encourages us to actually go, well, what does it really mean to be a person that doesn't just sit back and own the stuff, but actually gets out and activates that which we know of God? And we take you to Joshua 10 because you've been going through the book of Joshua. And this is an incredible story because here is a person that has been told to be very bold and courageous, has done the preparation in time. And here we see him do something that doesn't just bring a victory, but brings God to do the impossible. And if you want to see God do the impossible, you go with him to the impossible places because he wants to do the impossible. And so Joshua is there. Let me take you to Joshua 10, 12 to 14. And it says this. On the day that the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. Now, I love that. That's a bold prayer, right? When was the time you said, okay, everybody, I'm going to pray. God, hold the sun. And you're going to go, yeah, right, Steve, you've cracked, right? That's a pretty bold move. When was the last time we went and prayed for someone for healing and we went, Lord, if it's your will and if you can get around to it, and I probably won't, but that's okay because I've got to have my backstop, but I'm going to pray for healing, Right? How so often do we pray, God, you know, oh, I have this need and if you could help me out, that would be really cool. But to actually say, God, I'm, I'm praying for healing right now and I'm going to do it in front of everybody and guess what? I might have to wear egg on my face. But I serve a big God. And he stands in front of everybody. And why did he do that? Because he ran out of time to finish the battle. The battle was winning, he was winning, but he had to finish it off. And the sun was going down and he knew that if he stopped with the sun going down, then they would have a chance to rebuild again. So he said, God, hold the sun so we can finish the job. And this is what happened. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? You might go, ah, did that really happen? Jashar was another book that was written outside of the Bible of all the wars that happened at that time. 
And it was recorded in that book as well as the scripture we had today. Why did they put that in there? Because he wants you to know that this was not just a fairy tale. It actually happened. The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. Wow, how many of you want God to hold hold time for a moment? Would you just hold time for one moment? It's got, everything's going so fast. I just got. I mean, I've done assignments, right? And I've said, God, hold time because I haven't finished my assignment yet. But he doesn't work. But anyway, I do get the assignment done. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Let me tell you. The miracle was not just only in that the sun stood still. The miracle was that God heard the prayer of Joshua and he actually said, not a problem, we can do that. Why can he do that? Because he created the heavens and the earth. He put the sun up there. He put the moon up there. He made it. So if he made it, he knows how to control it. He knows how to stop it. And he did. And when we start thinking like that and we go, wow, God, I'm going to step out in a bold move and I can't see how this is going to happen, but maybe God's got a plan. Why did God do that? Well, you find that out if you go to the beginning of chapter 10. And it says this, and you read the story. It says, Adonai Sedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai Ai, and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were were now their allies. So the king, right, Adonai Sedek, is going, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. This guy Joshua... And the people of Israel, they're powerful. They've not only have taken big, big nations and killed their kings, but there's something worse. They've actually become good mates with Gibeon, which was a bigger city than Jerusalem, and he knew they were in trouble. So what do you do when you're in trouble? You get your mates around. So he gets his mates around. And he says, come on, help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them. So, so sorry, let me go back. So... So King Adonai Sedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings. Hoham, Hoham, Hoham sounds like a... Of Hebron, Piram, of Jamurth. It sounds like a bunch of dwarfs, doesn't it, really? So anyway, so Jephi of Lashish and Dibai, Dibar, Dibar of Eglon. These are real nations, believe it or not, and they're real people with strange names. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined armies and they start to get together. They're now huge and they're going to take out Gibeon before Joshua knows about it. But the king of Gibeon says, man, we, we need Joshua right now. So he gives Joshua a buzz on the Apple phone. And he says, Joshua, can you help us out? Remember we had peace and we're now allies, right? We help each other. Uh, we're in trouble. So what does Joshua do? Joshua says, no, no problem. I'm busy at the moment finding another battle. But that's okay. 
because you're important to me. So just park that one for a while. We're going to go and fight this one. So he and his whole army goes down to check out Gibeon and a fight for them. And that's where they started to fight. And here's a miraculous thing. God sees them fighting. He sees this, this courage of Joshua and he goes, you're not on this alone, buddy. And as he's fighting, it says, hailstorm comes and wiped out more of the enemy than Joshua had killed. That's a mighty God, huh? That's a mighty God. And when we step out in a brave act, God turns up with a braver one. When we step out in a brave act, look out because you're going to see miracles going on. You look out when you start to say to somebody who's hurting and broken and say, you know what? I know there's a God who loves you and he's died for you and he wants to give you and you watch God do a miracle and you go, whoa, that was awesome. All I had to do was be brave enough to say it. And God does the rest because he wants to release the warrior spirit inside of us. Let me give you three things I noticed from this story. The first thing is this, if you want to be a brave warrior spirit come out of you and to see the mighty hand of God, the first thing I've noticed about Joshua is that he, he, the battle was not for himself. The battle was for others. We battle for others. See, God's already given you the victory. He says the victory is yours. You've already got the victory. You, you, if you die, you win. If you live, you win. You've got the victory. It's yours. So you don't have to fight that battle. The battle you've got to fight is for others. The battle we fight is the battle we fight for others. There's a great story, you've probably watched it, um, of Private Desmond Doss of Hacksaw Ridge story. Amazing story. Love that story. Here he is a man with strong um, seven-day Adventist religious principles. And yet he felt that he needed to fight in World War II. And so he signed up, but he said, I'll come and sign up into the army, but don't give me a gun because I don't believe you should kill anybody. And they said, but you've got to have a gun. He said, I don't want a gun. I just want to go and help people. So he became a medic without a gun. <laughs> and it was a, a battle going on in World War II. It was supposed to be one of the bloodiest battles at Hacksaw Ridge. I believe the movie was actually made in Australia. But it was Hacksaw Ridge. And I love this story because there they are. They climb up this ridge and they go into battle. And it's the, one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. Uh, and it was terrible. And the army decided to retreat. And they left lots of wounded soldiers up on the ridge. Private Desmond decided that he would do something. And so whilst the rest of the team left, he climbed up that ridge. He crawled through the mud and, the, and the, the dead bodies while the shooting was still happening around him to grab a wounded soldier and take them down the ridge. What a beautiful picture. You know, there's a picture of Jesus in that, that you're up on the ridge you're up there in the battlefield, you're wounded, you're hurting, and you're wondering if anyone's going to come back for you. But the Father God sent his son to climb up that ridge, to climb there to save you, to pick you up when everyone else has left you, and to take you down so you can be healed and made whole. It's a great picture. Well, I love this story of Desmond because as he's climbing up there, and he, and he, he says... 
he, he gets there and at one stage he actually got shot in the arm. But he, he's grabbing these soldiers and it's hard work and he's risking his life and he takes them down there. He saved 75 soldiers that day. But this is what he said. He would be up there and he says, I'm going to try and find my notes here. It says, whoa, I'm going to try and get the right words. He said, God, just give me one more. As he's down on the ridge, he's exhausted, he's tired, he's hurting. He says, just help me save one more. Can we save one more? This man was not focused on his own needs. He wasn't focused on his own battle. He was focusing on the battles of those who were losing their lives. And right now there's a battle going on in the state. There's a battle going on in our country. There's a battle going on in our world. And it's not covid there's people who are struggling with loneliness. There's people who are struggling with, with, with fear. There's people struggling with brokenness. There's people struggling right now. And the church, you hold hope in your hands. And the warrior spirit in us wants to rise up and give hope to a world that's losing hope. And that's our call. That's my call. The warrior spirit wants to rise up. The second thing I find about this warrior spirit is it doesn't just battle for others. It battles with God. You see, the battle isn't yours. It's his. We've just got to step into the battlefield because he'll do the battling for you. And I love that because it says here in Joshua 10, 8, and God is giving Joshua instructions. He says, do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. We have a resource of hope in a God that says, do not be afraid. I go with you. I walk with you. I stand in the fire with you. I'm there with you. We go to this battle, but we battle together. And he already has the victory. So we can be strong and we can be bold. But we've got to take the brave step. We've got to put hope in reach. I love that. That's our motto for Team Challenge. Putting hope in reach of those who are broken. We have a hope. We need to put it in reach. And the other thing that I find about this um, is that we've got to ask God for a God-sized thing. We've got to ask God for a God-sized miracle. How often do our prayers become what we could actually do ourselves? We, we pray for God to do our little thinking of who God is. But when we're in the battle, we need to ask God to do a God-sized miracle. How big is your God? Is your God this big? Or is he this big? We need to ask, when we're in the battle, when we actually allow that warrior spirit to come out, when we actually become brave and do the things we've been talking about, then let me tell you, God's in the place of doing a God-sized miracle. Jesus said to his disciples when he was sitting around a table just before he died, and he said this in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Underline that. You believe in me, great, you're going to heaven, but you're going to do the same works I have done. And even greater works because <clears throat> I am going to, to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. 
so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. And he repeats it, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And you go, oh, good. So Jesus, um, I'm going to ask um, God if you can do da 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 oh, In Jesus' name, amen. No, that's not it. You see, in Jesus' name means that I'm doing it on his behalf. I'm doing the things he's called me to do. You see, when you put his name to it, you say, I'm not coming to you in Steve Hall's name because I've got nothing. But I can come to you in the name of Jesus because I'm doing the things that he was doing and the things he's called me to do. I want to suggest to you that the Spirit of God is wanting to say to you as individuals, I want to call out that warrior spirit and I've got a battle for you to fight. And don't worry, you're doing it in my name. So anything you ask in my name, it will be done. Because it's his battle, not yours. It's his victory, not yours. And he's going, I want to see that happen. I love this quote. It says, God hearkens to the voice of man who himself has hearkened to the voice of God. God listens to the voice of man because man himself has listened to the voice of God. Can I encourage you as we're in this interesting season? God, I want this spirit inside me that you've given me stirring up and I want to step out and be a brave warrior that's actually doing it. And you know what? You might make mistakes, but I'd rather make a mistake trying they're not making a mistake at all by not doing. Because I missed out on all the exciting things that God's got. You know, this next, uh, I'm pretty excited about, um, right now, some of you may have heard of Love WA. In the last two weeks, this, uh, this group of, part of a group of pastors right across our city called GeoNet, and pastors from all over different denominations gathering together, praying together. And within a week, they've stirred up this, this idea of Love WA. And it was actually geared towards us opening up the borders. Now that's not going to happen. We can still pray for WA because we need to. And so what's happened is this group have come together. They've written a letter to our premier saying the churches in our city are praying for you and for our state. And we're going to be standing for our state because we love our state and we know that God loves our state. Mark McGowan's responded back saying, you know, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Probably did it through a PA, but still, we got it. Um, it went to Nick, Nick Scott, um, who is uh, heading this whole thing up. <clears throat> What's actually happening over the next few weeks, there's a virtual prayer wall that you can actually connect up to. If you go pray WA, you'll see a, a connection to a virtual prayer wall where you can put your little thing in there and go, I'm going to pray between this time and that time for our state. And we want a 1,000 people praying across our state because we're believing that God wants to raise his church up in this season. And he wants to see miracles happen. Not only that, there's going to be some prayer and fasting happening between the 1st and the 3rd of February. And again, you can get, get involved in that. There's worship leaders that are going to be gathering together on the 1st of February. Worship leaders from all sorts of denominations are going to be gathering together to worship together because they're believing that they're the ones that God has put an anointing on for worship. And as they come together to worship, 
to do something in the spiritual realm. There's, a, there's going to be prayer on the air, which is going to be on 98.5 every day from now until the end of February. There's going to be pastors and leaders praying for our state over the airways. See, we're saying our God is a big God and he wants us to do a brave move and let's do a move in love to fight the battles that are happening because I'm concerned. I'm concerned about some of the, the pain and the hurt that's happening in our city right now. And I want to go, God, I want to put hope in reach for people because a lot of people are losing hope. Can I pray for you right now? Father God, I want to pray for us as a people of God who gather together, we call ourselves the church. And Lord, I, I ask now that you would fire up, you would stir up the warrior within us. That you told us to be courage, have courage. You told us to be prepared. You told us to persevere. And you've also told us to be brave. And we want to go out and fight the battles for others. And so I'm going to ask Holy Spirit, even now, would you start to stir that belief in us that you've called us? Would you start to speak to us about those areas where we can be brave? And Lord, I would pray especially right now, Holy Spirit, even as you move over this place with those whose spirits have been squashed, who have found places, I just sense they've been finding places where, where you've had others of doubt and fear squash your calling. I pray, God, right now, by your spirit, you will re you replace that with a bold spirit, a courageous spirit, that we would stand up again for the calling that you've got upon our lives. And Lord, I pray for our city, I pray for our neighbours. I pray for our leadership. I pray for those in our community that are hurting and say, God, I want to stand in the gap. I want to pray for those of our city that you would do the miraculous and we would see a revival, people coming into relationship with you like never before in our city, in our state in our country, across the world. Because the battle isn't ours, it's yours. And we pray this, Lord God. Hold the sun still. God, finish the battles. Let's see miracles happen, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.